All right, and we're back. Okay. Is you want me to do uh, news or what? Yeah, let's uh, let's go into Tandy Assembly just to kind of keep the uh, the theme here linked. Uh, and I will. I had to run and take a leaky. I'm out of breath. Okay. Uh, uh, Too much go. information. Too much. Or not enough. I don't know. Uh, no, definitely too much. Okay, so we, let's see here. I can, um, believe I can zoom in. Yes, I can. Okay, so let's start at the home page. Uh, looks like you can register for Tandy Assembly coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, 27th, 28th, and 29th, 2019 in Springfield, Ohio. Then you'll want to fly into Dayton for that. You're going to see uh, Mr. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Who's that? All right, let me start Start again here. Tandy <laughs> Assembly 2019 will take place. All right, all right, who is that? Who's making noise? All right, I will mute you. All right, we're going to try this a third time. <laughs> Tandy Assembly 2019 will take place on 27th, 28th, and 29th of September 2019, Springfield, Ohio, flying to Dayton. Quick drive over. You're going to see Je John Strong, uh, the creator of uh, Bomb Squad and Bomb Squad 2 and uh, all sorts of fun games uh, that, uh, what, what is a Simon Says game? Um, got that... uh, Soviet block, which is a Tetris clone. He's got Gems and Gems 2, which are, uh, you know, crystal matching games. That's and... right. Actually, that's a very addictive game. His Gems game is very, very good. Uh, and I believe it supports the Orchestra 90 or something what? like that. Yes, I got one. In stereo, actually, because it will pan left and right as you go across. So where are these games? Uh, they are available only for sale uh, from Mr. John Strong. So you can oh. either purchase them directly from John Strong at Tandy Assembly or Coco Fest or send a message to uh, to John Strong on Facebook for more information. John Strong. Uh, he, has a, he has a CD or a, an SD card version now where he has uh, his entire game collection on one thing. Oh, of I had no idea. That's good I, to know. I think he has a website. Is that strongware.com? He may very yeah. well have a website, and I'll, t I'll type in him really fast and see if anything comes up. Strongword.net? Hopefully we won't get uh, pornography here. Uh, Strongword.net. Strongword.com is available for sale, and it is not... .net. What's that? Net? Okay. Net. .net. Strongware.net. So I've been there. I was, I was looking at getting an MCX. Ah, there you go. Well, we'll have to do a better job at promoting Strongword.net. I've never been on this website. So uh, John Strong's products are available at Tandy Assembly or on strongware.net. That's S-T-R-O-N-G-W-A-R-E.net. Uh, so $10 to go to Tandy Assembly. Uh, they've got something called, a, what's this tech track? Uh, a set of highly technical and informative classes. So you can actually take some classes that are more technical based and that's a little bit of a higher fee. Uh, so Z80 programming may be your cup of tea. Uh, it is available, and you'll also learn how to design and repair your Model 100, your 8-inch uh, Model 2, 12, 16, 16B, and 6,000 disk drives, and upgrading it, tinkering with the I.O. bus, and uh, the legendary Paul Fiscarelli 
talking as we as we heard from John Strong, Paul Fiscarelli giving a talk on cocoa floppy disks in a high tech vintage world, uh, and everything you wanted to know about uh, using. Um, Channeling is inner David Ladd. That's right. It, I, I'm almost shocked because I, I can't believe this is coming from Paul Fiscarelli. But yeah, <laughs> Paul Paul actually has been working on and is continuing to develop a, a tool that lets you do all sorts of things with the Cocoa floppy disks, um, real and virtual. And uh, so he does have a lot of, um, he lot, has a lot of knowledge around that and, and certainly will have a lot to talk about at Tandy Assembly. Uh, the exhibitor list. I think we can, um, let's take a look at what, okay, we've got Ian Maverick, so that's a good segue actually, while we are on Ian Maverick, uh, the right stuff, let's see what happens if I click on, okay, it's, it's not a link that I think I can click on, so I'm going to go to the uh, link that Paul Fiscarelli provided, uh, let's see here, Paul Fiscarelli. Okay, we're gonna go to click. Uh, yes, I want to go there. Okay. All right. Here's Ian Maverick. Uh, looks like this is from May, and he's talking about his uh, serial port program pack. Let's listen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week in TRS eighty for the seventeenth of May, twenty nineteen. If you've got any questions and you want them answered in the form of a video uh, about the TRS-80 or Tandy computers, uh, send them through to me. My email address is ianm at trs-80.com and uh, the best questions that come through, I'll answer them uh, in the form of a video. So Go to 530. Will, uh, yep. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead. So he gave you his email address. If you have questions, you can send it directly to Ian Maverick's uh, email address that he mentioned, and let's go over to the card. You said 5.30? Yeah. Uh, here we go. Now, this is a modern reproduction of it. It has a, a few improvements that um, are uh, needed, sorely needed in the, in the um, Cocoa world. It has gold-plated connectors on it, if you can see that. So reliability, no more oxidization of the connector. It has a, um, uh, a Rockwell R6551 uh, serial interface adapter. It has 2764 compatible EEPROM chip that's socketed, so you can change it for your own program, like a drive wire or something. And the, um, the line drivers, the 1488 and 89, are socketed on this thing so if you blow them it takes you know a couple of minutes to change them over and get back up and running so if people are after one of these they should get in touch with me so that's it for another episode of this week in trs 80 all right and um i don't know the specs or i don't recognize the chip and and kind of what it's what... an rs 232 pack basically oh really it's going to be compatible with that okay because that's a, the Rockwell sixty five fifty one is basically the same chip that the original, the original R thirty two pack did. It's just that it had you know cheap tin connectors and okay, etc. Well, so well, last one, time... one thing I didn't notice though, does he have a price? Uh, I don't think it was mentioned, so I would assume it's relatively reasonable. Uh, certainly, I got the impression from that uh, Chris guy that um, this was 
not something you know unusually expensive. So I guess we'll we'll have to find out, and maybe Paul can get back to us. Paul Fiskarelli can get back to us. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, I know some people kind of poo-poo using the RS232s in the modern age, but there's there's a couple of developments that have happened in the last couple of years. I mean, one, we've got ANSI-capable terminal programs, both Roger Taylor's NetMate and Sockmaster's old Twilight term, mm -hmm. which you can use to log into mod, you know, ANSI PCs like the one that uh, mm -hmm. Neil runs, Neil Blanchard. Uh, so you got that. You can also do multi-terminal stuff with OS9. Um, there's a chance of doing head-to-head -head games and stuff now. Now that some hardware like the Mega Mini is coming with its own R thirty two supports mm -hmm. and stuff built, so there's a lot of opportunity to use this. Plus, the, you know the wireless adapters for you know logging in through the net, et cetera, too. So I think this might actually take off again, like it used to back in the BBS days and stuff, because there's a lot more stuff you can do with it now. Absolutely, and and last time I checked, you can't buy a brand new RS two three two pack from Radio Shack. Uh, I didn't see any of, any of those on the shelves of the new Radio Shack. So you definitely uh, can now get one from Ian Maverick. And if you really want one quickly, you can get it at Tandy Assembly in a couple of weeks. Uh, you'll also see uh, the Trash Talkers. Uh, I believe uh, Peter Satinsky is um, the main uh, guy who runs that uh, podcast. And he's going to be going over ArcNet, which I'm not familiar with. Curtis, you have any knowledge about ArcNet? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Is that's not the uh, network controller two or anything like that, is it? It it looks yeah. like a whole bunch of uh, model twos all networked together. The Radio Shack ArcNet office system. Uh, there's an uh, add up on yeah, that. That one I'm not familiar with. Then I think that was uh, like a two, two megabit uh, predecessor to Ethernet. Oh yeah. It was a different company, but yeah, it was uh, wasn't uh, daisy chained. It used uh, some it's other a coax cable, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <clears throat> so it was very common back in the day before ethernet one <laughs> so i don't remember if that was the loop uh or if it was uh, uh just a straight straight line i do know some places would use arcnet um this particular school used ethernet within the room but then they used arcnet going across the building because it was more reliable to troubleshoot and have less issues and errors hmm Okay, well, if you want to know more about it, you can uh, go to Attendee Assembly, of course, and hear more about the this project. Um, we have somebody named Jay New, and I don't know all the TRSA model community, uh, so maybe the, these folks may be well known. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Jay Newworth is uh, somebody uh, with a company called Newsoft, and he has replacement parts for your TRSA model 1, 3, 4, 4D, and 4P. Uh, so that's available to you or go to wherever Newsoft products are sold. Uh, we've got uh, TR City IO and the Retro Store, uh, Arno uh, Puder and Sasha Haberling. Um, and I'm guessing it's some kind of input output uh, device. I don't think there's a really a links here that we can go to. Um, emulators are available from Eric Dittman in Plano, Texas. 8-inch TR City hard, hard disk emulators. Uh, so uh, that's certainly convenient uh, as well as we saw some private label Tandies so uh, here at VCS uh, Midwest today and if you want to see more of these and learn more about these private label Tandies that I don't think I'd ever heard of before but I guess it's, it's a thing uh, you can see those at Tandy Assembly as well as uh, modern upgrades for your classic TRS-80s uh, but getting to what we do know and love and, and appreciate and want to promote uh, um, in the Coco community, it's uh, Brendan Donahue and the Coco VGA project, something that 
at least every single dragon owner uh, should have uh, so that they can enjoy something called color or a color as they uh, spell it. Um, uh, the rest of us can just, uh, you certainly have the option of upgrading to the Color Computer 3, uh, but uh, over, there, over there across the pond, they never had a Color Computer 3. And uh, this is a new exciting uh, development, uh, certainly for those folks and anyone who does still have a, uh, a Tandy one, one, Color Computer 1 and 2 um, that are compatible with the VGA and, and want uh, something a little bit sharper than any kind of the composite mods that have been available in the past. So. Plus the extended modes they add now too, like 64 by 32 text and palettes with 512 colors and redefinable character sets. Like it's actually a pretty advanced card now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some of the some of that we're we're gonna see um, um, certainly on the Gimme X. But I do like that there's uh, certainly a limit to it. Uh, the Coco VGA is not, uh, nor do I think it intends to be a Color Computer Three replacement. Uh, it does seem to just have some. Uh, you know, fix a couple of uh, things that need to be fixed and give you those additional color sets and additional capability um, from the Coco 1 and 2. Uh, but of course, you if you know if you do have the opportunity to get a Color Computer 3, uh, you will get programmable timer and interrupts and OSI level 2 uh, windowing and other things. So, um, uh, but it's a great option and a great development, and, uh, and everybody should take a look at that at CocoVGA.com. Uh, Brad McCartney, I don't know him. Uh, I don't know what the Vintage Rat Shack, rat shack does, uh, but uh, look him up. <laughs> so I don't know what that is. Uh, anyway, we've got plotters for the TRS-80. Mark Marlette, uh, cool stuff for your Coco Cloud 9. Uh, been a supporter and producer for the Color Commuter, uh, Computer Community for 20 plus years, and Mark will be there. Uh, with his uh, all sorts of products, your drive wire cables, your uh, memory upgrades, your all, all sorts of things uh, that he has available for sale. Uh, Retro Gaming Roundup podcast looks like uh, there's going to be some uh, uh, representation there. I don't know that particular podcast. And uh, boy, the list goes on and on. I hope I have enough uh, breath to get to get all this out. Tandy, Texas Restorations for your Tandy. The Micro Magic BBS is alive and uh, running apparently on DRS-80s. There's a Model 100 user, users group, custom 3D printed cases, souvenirs, Sears City gadgets, and Tandy portable computers from Rainer Effenhauser. Uh, he's going to be there. Karen Roberts is uh, res, uh, resurrecting a Tandy 1000. That's uh, kind of Tandy a dramatic. 6, uh, sorry, what did I say? Tandy, <laughs> yeah, Tandy 6000, excuse me. Um, and that's what does that have a Motorola chip in that one? I, yeah, I think that's kind of like a Model 12 or 16, isn't it? I can't remember now. I could just Google it. Tandy, what is this? Tandy 6000. Uh, Wikipedia usually knows. Uh, Tandy 6000. Oh, yeah, it looks like it's a 16, 16B. Um, the Model 16 evolved, in, evolved into the 16B and later the Tandy 6000, gaining an internal hard drive along the way and switching to an 8 megahertz 68000. I think it was probably the last of those that line. Oh, forty thousand units! Wow, and that's expen that's an expensive computer. Forty thousand units in nineteen eighty four for the sixteen B. I had no idea. Um, all right. All right. 
so uh, just let's finish up here. There's so much to, to talk about. Uh, so you've got your Tandy 6000 with your Motorola 68000 processor. If you want to see what that looks like, go to Tandy Assembly. And, and le last but not least, certainly, uh, <laughs> they, although they put all the Cocoa people here at the at the at the back of the the field, but maybe it's an it's an order of registration. Um, so Jason Riker, the Cocoa man, you know him, you love him, uh, you know him for the uh, the switcheroo, the Wallaby cable, and now the Kookaburra. Uh, available uh, soon. The Kookaburra is available uh, coming up on CocoMan.biz, so contact Jason Riker for more. And don't forget Nightmare Highway, a game written in 100% machine language in BASIC, and that is available 50% uh, off of its usual free price. Uh, it is and written by Jason's brother, Ken. Written by Ken Riker at Ken, 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 make it.com. C-A-N-K-E-N-M-A-K-E-I-T.com. Eric Canales, we know him. Uh, we might, some of us might want to vote for him. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that before the end of the show, as uh, I believe that Eric's running for president of Glenside. We'll, um, we'll know the official uh, nominee list uh, soon. Paul Fiscarelli at uh, Windex Systems with his disk uh, tools and all sorts of um, Long Branch Never uh, tutorials on YouTube and his dino running games that play music and sound in the background. Uh, thanks to a little bit of assistance from uh, Simon Jonason uh, out there across the pond. So Paul, you'll be able to see, you'll be able to meet him at Tandy Assembly and, and go to his class. Uh, Tim Halloran, I don't know him, but he has uh, some kind of a V-blank modification. Do you know anything about this, Curtis, a Model mm -hmm. 1? Can't say as I do. All right, well, if you want to know more about what a no-chip V-blank modification is, I assume it's to fix some kind of issue with the Model 1. Model 1 did have the legendary, uh, it was a revolutionary and legendary computer, but it was uh, at the forefront of, of modern micros, and it did have some issues, so I'm guessing this fixes something along those lines. Um, okay, and I think, uh, Curtis, did you have any links for any bonus news, and then we'll talk about Glenside? Well, I can share them on my screen. I already got them queued up here. Oh, so. okay. Then I will. Uh, you can uh, grab the grab the ball or just share if you want. Okay. Before I start sharing, though, I'll make one comment. I, I did catch bits of the show uh, after I had to leave for work stuff. Um, I wanted to mention that uh, Paul Thayer, that demo where he's doing the 64 color selection thing. Mm -hmm. uh, normally on the Coco 3, you can't display all 64 colors at once. You, you have to do weird timing tricks and change palettes mid-scan lines on the screen. So to get the fact that he could actually have a, a usable interface using the mouse or joystick to move your cursor to select your 16-color palette, but seeing all 64 colors on the screen at once to know exactly what you're getting is actually a handy tool for if you're designing your, your palette you want to use for a particular game. Mm -hmm. So basically it's a way for you to pick the palettes out, looking at the real colors without having to switch between pages, like here's the first 16, here's the next 16. Yeah, I mean, there's been some basic programs that have done that uh, through some, you know, trickery uh, that you'd be, uh, so it does look very useful. Yeah, uh, the fact that he had it interactive, I think, is the more unique thing, because most of them do the, you know, they- Just shows it, yeah, it just displays it. And this lets you actually pick and select and see what they actually look like, so hey, before, I just wanted to... Oh, sorry to cut you off. Um, I was going to say, be, before uh, we go too far, I just want to check in with uh, Brian, the music man, because he is here and he's live at the show. And- uh, oh, yeah, go ahead, I'll, and, you can do that before I- Grab the screen. Okay. 
Yeah, let's check in with Brian real quick just to make sure. Uh, hey, Brian, do you want to um, tell us what's going on? Hey, I was doing. I actually woke up this morning, had breakfast, and decided on the fly to uh, come here. Actually, brought the goat for free and uh, my music stuff. Yeah, we uh, we were doing the walk around, and and somebody saw a keyboard and thought that must be the music man. Yeah, I think that might have been me. Official. <laughs> I think that was Curtis who said that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's been great. Huge over here. This is how big the uh, poker fest should be. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Brian, have you, have you been to this one? On next May. Uh, no, it, it's, it's been great. And uh, the club uh, bought a table here and split it in half. You saw some of the uh, things going on on Facebook on that. And uh, one person didn't show up. I brought my stuff out of whim, just uh, in a tote, showed up, says, yeah, it's empty. Come use it. So I'm here just showing what uh, the Coco is doing. There's other, uh, down over here, we've got uh, Coco Man, Ease of Use, uh, Poison Tech. Um, uh, Eric is right back over here uh, on the end. Back over there, he's not there now. I think he's actually in the uh, um, minimum bid auction, which is over in the next section behind me, uh, behind the barrier. But yeah, it's been great. It's been great, a lot of people. Now, Brian, have you, have you been to the, this particular BCF show before? This is the first time I've been here. Okay, because I was I'm wondering, like, if you had been before, like, it sounds like this one's a lot bigger than previous years, and I was just wondering. Um, you know, well, well, they just moved, from what I understand, they just moved to, uh, I think it was Claren Hills um, in, uh, in that, and uh, it's bigger, from what I understand. And so you hear some of the noise behind me, that's some of the people, uh, I think, yeah, I think that's over from the minimum bid auction. So. <laughs> that reminds me of Coco Fest. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is that uh, he pulled it from us, and he, and he started doing here to uh, bring in people and get the uh, equipment <clears throat> and stuff that people was bringing in to into the hands of people who really wanted it, and that and plus also raise money so that they can continue on like we do at the Glenside for the next year. Yeah, it works really well, and you guys have been doing that since the 90s, so. Yeah, we have been, so, you know, next uh, May is going to come pretty fast, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> so, any questions? No, I think I just want to make sure uh, we saw you at the at the event, and sometimes uh, you might have some news that you needed to share in a hurry before you got taken yeah. away, so. Yeah, no, no real news, just... Uh, I guess I have, one, I have one question since you've actually been there today. Um, have you been manning the booth for the most part? Or have you been wandering around? Um, I didn't get here until like almost noon. I didn't get set up until after one o'clock. Okay. Because if you've been around at the booths in the Coco section, yeah. I'm just wondering how busy has it been? Have you seen a lot of new faces asking about the Coco? That oh, have... yeah. There's, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of Atari, Commodore, um, you know, there's all flavors, <laughs> all flavors of computers here. Regular IBMs. Um, yeah, Stevie, Stevie gave us a tour before. He actually toured all of the okay. different ones. Yeah. But I was just wondering, like, how busy are the booths of the Cocoa? Have people been surprised about what it can do and, and maybe didn't know too much um, about it? Yeah, there's, there's definitely been actually quite a few people who come by, saw what I was doing here, and that, that they said, you know, I do MIDI stuff too. And, you know, I have a Cocoa too. And I didn't know that you could do that. 
<laughs> cool. Um, how many are coming to Coco Fest now? Have you told them about that coming up in May? Oh, I've been uh, I've been speaking my mind on that. You know, <laughs> a little good PR. Oh, that'd be uh, good. I'd be nice to see some fresh new faces, especially considering it's a 40th oh, yeah. Coco this year. So, yeah, that's. I'm I'm hoping that we can definitely get quite a few more going. So, cool. That's all the questions I had. Okay, so. All right. If that's all, then uh, I'll put my mute back on, and then I'll hand it back over to you since you want to show some other stuff. All right. Reporting live. Brian, the music man. Yep. All right. Uh, Brian. Curtis, back to you. Okay. Let me do the old share thingy here. I've only got two little bits I wanted to. Oh, no, you're still. Oh, uh, you can't grab it? No. Okay. Then I will. It says you cannot screen share while the other participant is sharing. Okay, so. Does that mean we'll still hear? Okay, you just won't hear my computer sound, but that's fine. So, uh, I don't know how to stop sharing. Wait, oh, uh, I, never mind. I know. Okay, stop share. You're not going to change yourself. Oh, okay, because I'm sharing my video. That's why. Okay, uh, there you go. Go ahead. Okay. You should be able to now. You guys see the screen? Yep. Okay, uh, we were talking about uh, Ben Jimenez, and he was doing the update we saw on Facebook with some of the new graphic tiles and things. He actually released a video after that was done that it actually shows uh, some of the interactive text and the way he's actually setting up a screen for the actual gameplay. So I will run this. And this, once again, this is in pure basic. He's not doing any machine language routines or anything at this point. And, oh, sorry, which which uh, game was this? This is that uh, RPG that Ben's doing. Now, this time he's got artifacting turned on, but you can kind of see he's got the screen layout. Now he's got a text window on the bottom. Uh, and, you, and you actually turn the artifacting color on in this case. I know he said he preferred to run it in the black and white, uh, but I think he was just experimenting to see what it looks like with the artifacting coloring. Mm, no, it looks he's pretty got good. his own little custom font he's doing with draw commands, I'm presuming. So they're a little slow at this point, but he, he wanted to keep it pure basic. But uh, this kind of give you an idea of the layout of the screen that he's just kind of figuring out how he wants the game to play. So you have this interactive window on the bottom kind of explaining things or interacting with characters and stuff. So that's how it was kind of neat. He actually did a, a further update on it. And also you get to see what it looks like in artifacting mode. Very nice. On the panel here, just from looking at this, um, since he's not really designing it for artifacting per se, I was always wondering what your guys' opinion was. Do you think it looks better with the artifacted colors where you get a little bit of red and blues and stuff there, or does it look better pure black and white? Um, this particular image looks good with the artifacting, but I don't I don't know um, you know, what other scenes will look like. I think this look, this looks pretty good. Any, anybody else in the panel have wanna chip in to see what they think? Uh, everyone's on mute. Nick Morota? Uh, Al Hartman? <laughs> I think I think Sorry, they all I got fall distracted asleep. by an email. I, I got I wrote something else. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you and I just are having this call on our own, Curtis. Yeah, we're just having our own conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I just got an email related about something totally unrelated to. Do COVID. you like the artifact thing on the screen, or you think it would be better in black and white, Nick? Like we, he showed on his previous Facebook post. Um, I think actually, yeah, the artifact seems okay. Yeah. I mean, one one thing that I would prefer the, the black and white is for is the text because you don't get that you know kind of fuzzy yeah. head. Yeah. 
Yeah. Pure. It'd be like Dagrath. Dagrath to me looks better on pure black Absolutely. and white versus artifact. It's kind of like spot color. So the text is a little annoying, but you know we get that on the Apple too also. But I like the map. Yeah, artifact. that's the thing. I'm looking at the map. The map looks nice with some color. Yeah, I mean, you get that with yeah. the text, although it does look very retro. Yeah. I know Ben himself has said he's kind of steering towards the black and white model. Like he'd run it in RGB monitor as pure black and white type thing. But I'm kind of mixed on that too, because the graphics, I think it does lend to the graphics a bit better, but it does make the text a bit fuzzier. So I don't know which way. Maybe make it an option, I, I guess. <laughs> well, can he make the uh, text black and white? And the rest of the color? Yeah, you can make a white background with black text. That would show up better. Or you could bold it. I don't know, since he's doing this in basic, that might be a bit slower having to draw double pixels for everything. Yeah, but. you can't just turn off the artifacting there. Um, um, you could probably try to mitigate it. But as Curtis said, you, you, you could do a different background. Yeah, if you did black text on white background, that would get rid of most of it. It'd be like the you know, alternate levels on Diagraph. Or bolding the text. If you're doing two pixels side by side, it generally shows up as yellow. You'll get a slightly blue fringed yellow or a yellow fringe, or sorry, blue fringed white or a yellow fringed white, but it'll be much more white than this is. Well, if he did it in OS 9, you can just pop up another window. <laughs> exactly. But he's trying to do this in basic and pure basic from what I said. He doesn't even want to do ML subroutines. He wants to see if he can do it in yeah. basic. Maybe he'll change his mind in the future. I don't know, but uh, so far it looks pretty darn good. I have to say. He could also he could also do it in Coco three uh, six forty by two twenty five and have four real colors of any of his choosing. But uh, you know. Yeah, but I think he's trying to make something Coco one and two specific. I know. Or not specific, <laughs> but compatible with. That's right. We mu we must always do that. Yeah, and this and last right. Oh, sorry, what was that Mark? And it should work on the dragon. Yep. And well, TDP one. That is true. I do have a soft spot for the dragon people. Now, oh. mind you, the Coco VJ works in the dragon too, which is nice. So they can start getting some of these extra things too. So. Yes. Okay. So hey, the next uh, one. The last one I have is kind of a bit of a lark. Um, you know, I've, I've shown some comparison videos done by, I can't remember the name of the YouTuber that does it, but he, he compares like a bazillion platforms of the same clone or the same oh, yes. official release game. Mm -hmm. This is by somebody totally different, and they're doing a comparison too, and they're doing Silpeed. So they're showing like the, oh. uh, the Andy 1000 version or slash IBM PC and the Amiga and, and you know some of these higher end systems, the FM 77. Yeah, they have sound chips and sprite chips and yes. you know more powerful CPUs. And then he threw in the Coco one too, and he's not very impressed by it. No. <laughs> so I'll play a little bit of his comments. I just thought it was kind but of funny. So. Does he know it had to had to be squeezed on a small cartridge, and we didn't get a lot of the. I, he doesn't know any of it, and as he puts on his little header thing, all opinions presented in this video are those of the creator. You may or may not agree. That's life. Accept it and move on. So. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to write a strongly worded complaint letter. <laughs> so basically, he goes through, and I mean, if you've seen the the actual Silpeed on these other platforms, it actually has all these 3D wireframes that you fly into to go to the various levels and things. So I'm going to mute the sound because they have a lot of the smoke. But the, the fact of the matter is, I know separate from this, is the Coco 3 could have done all that. Um, certainly the Coco 3, and, and this was a, a fat binary, so it was Coco 2 as well. Um, yeah. It, it could have done that had it come out on disc, don't you think? I think it might have even if they did, if it was one of the ones allowed to become a super cartridge with more than 32K, I think you could have done it even on a cartridge like, you know, um, Predator and uh, Robocop had 64 and 128K. Now okay. these came out before that super cartridge was designed and it would have bumped the cost up. So 
But on the standard one, you go through this, you fly into this, and then you actually start playing the actual game as you go in. And yeah. I mean, how fast this sequence runs depends on which platform. You'll see some of the other platforms run faster and smoother, and some run even slower and choppier. But none of this is in the Cocoa version. But they had to make a fat binary, so they had to make it run on a Cocoa 1 and 2, and doing this type of wireframe is pretty slow on a Cocoa 1 and 2, though not, as you said, not impossible. But the actual gameplay itself is not too much different um, compared to what we're used to on the Cocoa side of things. Yeah, I mean, this looks very similar. Slightly better scaling of graphics and a bit more, I know. From what he had described too, he said it's a lot harder. He said the Cocoa version is way too easy. Yeah, I don't think I got too far in it. <laughs> but... And if you can hear that, is that too loud? But I, uh, I don't think we can hear anything. I can't hear anything. No, we're not getting oh. any any sound. But uh, I, I don't think we. Sure, I gotta click that stupid checkbox again. Oh, okay. <coughs> okay, you getting sound there? Yes. Yes. Is it too loud, or should I? No, it's fine. Nope. It's perfect. It's perfect right there. Anyway, you, you'll notice these other ones will have sound chips. Of course, they're playing background music and. <laughs> See, it's not a fair fight. <laughs> no, no, not really. But I'll fast forward here past some of these other versions. In the Coco one here. Oh, well, at least he didn't play the uh, Coco one and two one. But they are, they're pretty much identical. Oh, MS DOS, they get a little um, background. Poor sound chip. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Compared to having a background music and a listener, he's just tick, tick, click, 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 click. Yeah, here's listen to his comment though. Now, this is quite a unique port as it's the only one that uses sprites instead of polygons. It's also the only port that's bloody boring as hell to play. The Ooh. game is incredibly easy, and to make matters worse, there are noticeable gaps between waves of enemies, leaving you waiting for something to attack. Mm. Add in the backgrounds that very rarely change and no music, and you can see why this port is bad. <laughs> How does he really feel about it? Tell me why, <laughs> why, 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 why? Did Tanny make all our games look bad? Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, though, we could have done better, and I'm assuming they were under deadlines and everything else, too, here, because we know that the current programmers, like Nick or Sockmaster, could have had background music. We could have done the polygon stuff. Um, yep. But like you said, yeah, they cram it into a cartridge, and I think in this case it was a 16 32K cartridge. But he, like, here's here's one of the more modern versions of it. Like, that's that's beyond the couple capabilities. Yeah, that, now you get into Amiga territory. Yeah. Maybe. And I thought, wait, I thought it was, it was just cute hearing, you know, somebody, and, and all the other ports, like, he shows on the bottom here. The other machines that he's showing and he's showing like the mega cd the ibm pc which is actually the tandy 1000 type stuff the apple II gs the fujitsu fm77 and the neck pc all of which have you know some dedicated hardware and sound hardware and other stuff too so i mean we're hardware wise completely outclassed on this so mm -hmm. it's not surprising it's just it was funny to hear somebody comparing it you know with frankly more <laughs> modern style machines <laughs> So. But but in re in reality, when it came out, it was also subpar. 
So, yes. you know, yes. that's that's what it was and that and Tandy was okay with doing that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other one that the same company brought out that was along the same line was Thexter. I mean, that one also was a bit subpar sound-wise and it was subpar for not having all the levels, but at least the main gameplay actually matched, I think, pretty well the other yeah, ones. Yeah, if you, if you, we would probably hold up except for the music, we would probably hold up on a Thexter um comparison as long as they don't go too far in the game <laughs> yeah no don't go past level five so yeah yeah anyway, that, that was the two little bonus bits i wanted to throw in okay so we're going on um uh, four hours 20 minutes so let's get to the uh glenside um color computer club and the election news and we'll certainly try to do that at the, at the top of the show next week but since we're closing down the show, I think I can't think of any better uh, subject than that. Uh, let me go to the full screen, and I'm just going to bring up as a visual uh, the Glenside. Uh, what's the website for the? Maybe I'll just Google it here. Glenside Color Computer Club. Uh, so if you haven't been, this is the newer website designed by Steve Bjork. Uh, we let's see. Do they have any of the information on the election on the page on this page? I don't know. Um, but you can see Coco Fest was uh, earlier this year. We've got uh, Vintage Computer Festival uh, happening right now, and Tandy Assembly coming up at the, at the end of the month. And oh, by the way, Portland Retro Gaming Expo. If you know anybody in the Portland, Oregon area, uh, I have a feeling we might have a representative there. Um, uh, I might be able to pull that off. Yeah, yeah, we have a we have a secret uh, friend out there in the uh, Port Portland area, um, but uh, I don't know. We've got meetings. Um, you know what? Maybe we can go to Brian Shoebring because he he does have the meetings typically at his house. Um, Brian... Yeah, I don't know if they put it up. There was meeting was only Thursday, so it's only been yeah, two days. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know. Stevie was on the call. Hey, Brian, do you have an update on the color computer meeting and upcoming elections? That you can uh, share with us. Um, what are the what do the people need to know about the elections? Do we have uh, nominees? Uh, what, uh, what what are... you can uh, send an email um, or to Tony or to the uh, club uh, or on the Tanti list. You can uh, cast your vote or nomination for for the nominations. Um, and that and nomination will be closed on the 21st, which is going to be the picnic, which will be streaming um, in that. So everything will be live. So other questions can be had at that point. I don't have the list of uh, everybody. It's I think it was going to be Brian Goers is going to still be nominated for being treasurer. Um, uh, Eric... Uh, is uh, was nominated for president. Um, Eric Canales. Uh, what was that? Eric Canales. You're referring Eric to. Canales, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see, who is who else was for for president also? Oh, and uh, and also um, I John John Lindell. Yeah, John yeah. Lindell. You know, also it's the VP was. Um, I am just bad at names now. I can't remember. I'm sorry. Well, uh, Bruce Moore is in the chat. He says voting will not open until next week. 
Um, right. They shouldn't look for election info on the website. As you mentioned, they can go to the Tandy list, um, right. email list, or um, email uh, Tony Pedraza directly. And it looks like uh, Bruce is also saying that Terry Steeg, our friend Terry Steeg, who is obsessed with Tandy Data Products, he is um, running for vice president? Steegy. Yeah, that's oh, Steggy. Steggy? Steggy, yeah. Or Steggy. No, Steggy. Steggy. It's, Steggy. it's double dots above the E's. It's German. It's got an umlaut. 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 Okay. That is a rockin' name. Umlaut. All right, Terry Steggy. I apologize, Terry. Someday in before while you're still on this earth, we'll get your name right. Yeah. So, anyway, back to you guys. All right, well, thank you. Thank you, Brian. Um, you're very close to the action, so just wanted to check with you. And it sounds like I didn't. Uh, thank you, Bruce. Uh, Bruce Moore on the chat for chiming in. Uh, anything? So it looks like we'll, we'll have more official word on who's all mon nom are nominated, how to vote, etc. What the voting yeah. time or date range is, etc. Next week. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be we'll be having live feed on uh, the 21st and such. They tried to railroad me to be the president again back like I did back in '95, I think. So. <laughs> okay. So but, uh, I got too much going on in my life right now. So. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. Uh, I'll be quiet. I should mention that there was a post in the in the Zoom chat here from Mark about uh, a new article on Facebook that uh, Ed Snyder just put up showing some of the new Gimme X graphic modes, which I think I should throw in as a bit of news. All right. Well, well, why don't we why don't we do this? Let's let's play the out. Well, okay, no, people might think we're over if I play the outro. Why don't we do it now then? So that okay. because this is too this is big breaking news. Breaking news. Curtis. Literally. Take it away. Okay, can you guys see that? Yep. So I'll just read the text out for any of you listening to the audio podcast. You won't be able to see the actual pictures, but uh, Ed says, spending a little time lately with the Gimme X as we approach completion of this project. One thing I really wanted to see was what the extended video modes can do. And we kind of briefly touched on those before. So I'm writing some viewers this weekend that take a specially formatted BMP file and display them to show off the enhanced resolution, color depth, and expanded palette that the GimmeX provides. I just finished the 640 by 225 16 color mode mm. and thought I'd share a few initial textbook, or tech test picks. I love this new mode. Next is to write the viewer to use the 256 color modes. So these screenshots are 640 by 225 16 color. So this takes 64K per screen. So I don't know if you'd want to use these in, in games using a lot of graphics because it could be pretty complicated. You'd have to be swapping between halves of screens and stuff. And if you want to do page flipping, well, that's 128K. But I have to say these do look impressive. Yep. So will you support these new modes, Curtis, in Nitrous 9? Well, same issue there. I can't map in 64K into the Grafters workspace. So um, Bill and uh, Noble and I have been discussing this because he has done some support. For, like there's higher text modes too. There's 80 by 50, 80 by 60 text modes. Those we will be supporting. In fact, they're already supported in the Matchbox and um, the Mr. Coco and stuff. So those drivers are actually done. We just have to patch them for however the GimmeX does the mapping. Um, so those will definitely be supported. And some of the higher uh, color modes, but at lower reses, yes, we can support. I can see me putting into CoVDG support for 160 by 225 by 256. Mm -hmm. um, we could do um, 320 by... Remember here. Well, the extended palettes too, because he's got palettes beyond 64 colors too. So you can actually pick a much more custom palette. Okay. Um, 
But so, yeah, there's definitely, I think I'm trying to remember if you give me X supports a higher vertical res, they were talking at one time doing like 640 by 450 or 400. And if we do a two color mode version of that, yes, we can support that as well, or a 320 by 400 by four color mode. So you get double vertical resolution. So those might actually work. No, no, those are not coded yet, but okay. so, I, so I have to see, because I don't know all the details what all modes are supporting yet, so. Okay, so it sounds like there'll be some immediate um, support for some um, some of the modes and color sets for the Gimme X with uh, some of the bigger, you know, 640, 16 color mode perhaps coming down the line in future versions that will require a more extensive rewrite. Um, yeah, and they'll, they'll, they'll definitely be slower because you'll be swapping memory in and out constantly just to draw to one screen. Because you can't map in the entire 64K because you have no room for your code to run then. So you have to keep mapping chunks in. So it'll slow things down a bit. Okay, and in and maybe it'll be a little faster in RS DOS because you don't have to swap out the OS. It'd still be a little bit slower than the current modes. Like the current modes, the maximum size is even if you do a, a by two twenty five, it's less than forty k. So you still have twenty four k basically available from the MMU. So that you can have your. You're talking about the the six forty current mode for color. Yeah, or three twenty by two twenty five sixteen color mode. Oh, it's the same. Matter. Yeah, that's right. That's that's yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and so nobody wants to use the four color mode as it is, and it doesn't take up any more memory. So I doubt anyone really will care about this, unfortunately. <laughs> well, but, like I said, if, if they have vertical resolution changes and the expanded palettes, you can definitely do some stuff with that. So, and then the expanded text modes, those you definitely can do. Those will fit easily. Is there anything with, uh, I don't understand, I'm getting a little out of my skis here, but anything with direct memory, I know the Coco 3 had direct memory access. Is that, does that, or, or the potential to do it? Um, does well, that six eight or nine does? But if I remember correctly, some of those lines aren't fully hooked up. Yeah, there's there's something blocking that, but apparently it's it it can be modified. A hardware modification. Can hardware be. modification, but you have to modify the motherboard itself, from what I understand. But if that were done, uh, just out of curiosity, would that um, improve any of the swapping? Huh. It wouldn't improve the swapping, but you could tell it to stream a, a block of data to graphics memory that's not currently mapped into the CPU. Well, actually, I guess you'd have to have it tied with the MMU to do that, too. You'd have to do some additional hardware to, to, to kind of do that. Okay. So it sounds like, um, you know, if people really want demand that, then uh, that's going to have to be a hardware uh, modification. And maybe if that were to, were to be the case, maybe that's somebody that like uh, Boys on Tech who could make those modifications at the same time as they're doing memory upgrades and things like that. So um but if you want to do a static uh images at that yeah mode, if you want to make a picture viewer like the old gip viewers and stuff yeah you'll be day, able yeah, to do that that you could even do in i think in nitrous 90 you could set it up so we would actually set the video mode and then the program would just have to do here's the first 32k map in the next chunk here's the next 32k you know so it'd be you know a bit slower drawing it but but there are some there are some uh, modes that i think if they have that increased vertical resolution that we could enable that like if you ran g shell on the 320 uh four color mode like it is now for the 40 column version of it you could actually double the vertical res you could fit twice as many icons vertically mm -hmm. so that kind of stuff you could definitely do and it, to, needless to say that your immediate benefits for the gimme x are going to be happening in os9 so some i mean like i said the text the higher text modes for sure will be supporting uh that just requires a couple patches to the routines bills already got done Enhanced palette support, we have to figure out how to make it so it's compact, backwards compatible with the current palette settings without breaking anything, but you could actually fine-tune your colors for your game or your whatever you're doing um, graphically-wise 
to get much more fine-tuned colors. Like you could have 14 shades of green on the screen at once if you wanted to, for example. I'm just guessing that that if I want to take advantage of my brand new purchased Gimme X that let's say it comes out next month, um, I'm going to be able to do more with OS 9 than I am going to be doing in RS-DOS waiting around for... I, I don't think so because Ed, by the sounds of it, he's going to have these viewers and stuff ready to go with the Gimme X. Curtis, I'm, I'm trying to do some marketing here. We Just just say yes, Rob. Uh, everything's better... Use it in both, that's what I'm thinking. Is it not a fact, Curtis, that everything is better in OS 9? See, Curtis no. is more diplomatic and balanced <laughs> than you are. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm what they call a realist. Um, I, I know the limitations. Uh, is it not a fact that OS 9 is forever and that a very popular hashtag is hashtag OS 9 forever? That, uh, yeah, that could be. That's it. It's, it's got its strengths and, and RSDOS has its strengths too. I'm sure Nick Randy's would pipe in with so. Is Curtis on trial? That's what it sounds like. Is it not a fact, Curtis? That. Yeah. Were you not? I played the fifth. Where were you on the night of? <laughs> well, we know where we were on the night of uh, September fourteenth, two thousand nineteen, because we're it's almost nighttime, uh, or will be certainly uh, on this coast, and we've been streaming uh, for over uh, four and a half uh, hours live from BCF Midwest. Half an hour ago. Uh, we could not stop streaming. We're like the Grant no. Lady of uh, of uh, of uh, broadcasts. That's definitely something you got to call your doctor about. If you cannot stop streaming, if you cannot stop stream streaming uh, for more than four hours, please call your doctor. Uh, but I think we've reached the limits of my uh, my patience for this tomfoolery. So, uh, and it's I, dinner time. I've, I'm seeing yeah. Mark B yawning. I, I, I can't remember the last time I actually ate, uh, tasted food, or, or drank liquids. And uh, we are about to come to a close. And I will turn over the. Uh, let's play the closing credits, and then we'll we'll do a nice handoff to uh, the rest of the weekend. So we'll be right back after these messages and uh, say a few clo closing words. Hi there, this is Mark Overholzer, and you're watching Coco Talk, the world's leading weekly talk show where you can join in. Hey, come watch us and see what's happening in the world of Coco. Coco Talk is brought to you in part by Placeblex Dietary Supplement. Placeblex, we think it works, so will you. What's going on, everybody? Stevie Stroh, and I want to say thank you for continuing to watch and listen to Coco Talk. We love doing this show. We think we put together a pretty good show for you, but this show could be better with your help. So if you would like to send a feedback, a comment, a suggestion, a show topic, or maybe even your own little segment or bumper, then send it to us via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. This show would be nothing without you. Love to hear from you. This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world, keeping the Tandy flame alive. We may be mocked, but we'll never stop, because Coco Talk is rocking the 8-bit world.
Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click the Patreon link at our website at cocotalk.live. Coco Talk would not exist without the community, its cast, crew, and contributors. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Marentes, Ron Delvo, Rick Adams, Jason Riker, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Tom C., Rob Inman, Mark Bosley, Brian Joyce, Ken Riker, David O'Connor, Brian Weasler, Terry Stegney, Nick Morota, John Strong, and many more, especially to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and James Diffendaffer for making my head explode. Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its various contributors. A list of resources is available at imacoconut.com. That's I-M-A-C-O-C-O-N-U-T dot com. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. We're back and uh, we're done. Any last words? Mark B, are you prepared to take the torch? Have I have I handled the show to your satisfaction? Are you okay with yeah. what has transpired? Are you still yeah. awake? No, I need to yeah. do over. Well, let's do it over. Let's do the All West right. Coast feed starting now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, this was uh, this is good. Uh, uh, not sure if there's going to be anything left for tomorrow. <laughs> well, uh, if there is, it's it's all you, my friend, because uh, I've got to start packing and I've got a trip tomorrow. So, um, I now, if will... we do want our money back, how do we get it? If you want your money back, you will write to L. Curtis Boyle, care care of Queen South Elizabeth the second. At, Saskatoon, yes, Canada. Yes, and right to Sa- Queen Elizabeth II. H-O-H-O-H-O. <laughs> That's the Santa Claus uh, postal code when you send Christmas letters. As always, mm-hmm. direct your complaints to go, the number four retro at go4retro.com. Um, it's, always a, it's always Jim Brain's fault. But anyway, thanks to the panel. Mark B, Somebody... our guest host, uh do you want to do you want to do the outros nick no 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 okay. i'm just gonna say something that i saw on uh, facebook this past week oh okay well i'll, I'll save you for the last then so you can share that thought but mark b thank you our, our uh, guest uh, hoster and um uh, technical advisor and segment producer and thank you so much mark al hartman from jersey with his insights today on all the different retro products and uh different facts and things that we need to know and thank you al uh, if you're out there, as well as Bill Noble and his OS9 experience, uh, Bill and Curtis joining at right at the top of the OS9 segment. Uh, it's certainly uh, comforting and reassuring to know there are people that care about real operating systems and real multitasking. 
as well as Mark D. Overholzer, our 6502 expert, a man who just knows more about Apple than Del Monte fruit. I don't know about that. Probably more than Except for maybe Al. Brian, the music band, uh, Chubring, thank you so much for your updates and uh, music and uh, support of the community and for waking up this morning and deciding to go to, to VCF Midwest. If you uh, see LGR uh, or uh, the Epic guy, you know, stop him and get an interview and make sure to record it. As well as Nick Marota, Nick Marota, the the man who put ukulele on the map, and uh, we're and he apologizes. Um, Nick, you wanted to say goodbye and maybe mention something as we as we get prepared to well, hit the button. Yeah, I was just gonna say when we're talking about sending letters and all that, somebody posted on Facebook that they listened to last episode of Coco Talk using a uh, mini disc, a Sony mini disc. I guess they must have copied, downloaded it and copied onto the mini disc. So I'm thinking we should start offering transcripts of the show on mini disc. Just send a self-addressed <laughs> oh. envelope. I'm and, a big, uh, I'm a big uh, supporter of Minidisc, uh, and I encourage you on that subject. Techmoan, uh, also a famous YouTuber, is not at the VCF Midwest, but he has a great uh, video called uh, Minidisc and Appreciation, so you can find that on YouTube. And uh, yes. on that note, we'll uh, leave you with uh, positive notes about Minidisc elections coming up for Glenside Color Computer. Um, yeah, we'll go through that in detail next week. Um, I also want to apologize. I had to duck out for work stuff here earlier, so I kind of missed part of the show. Curtis is sorry, and he apologizes. Uh, I, I forced news upon you guys. That's that's right. No, we. I I hope I did uh, did it justice. Uh, so thank you everybody for the VCF uh, Midwest streaming, and uh, look for more uh, VCF Midwest coming up this weekend with perhaps uh, with Mark B uh, handling those duties, and we'll see you next week. Are we ready to hit the button? Say goodbye, yes, everyone. Yep. Goodbye, everyone.